Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me, Dante Bosco. Each week we'll recap and discuss a new episode. So come join us and our amazing guests from creators to cast to superfans to chat about all things Avatarverse. It's Fire Nation time. Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Braving the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. This is a podcast from Minute Media. All right, class, settle down, settle down. It's time for another lesson here at the Academy. Today we're going to learn about grandfathers and also paradoxes. I'm your teacher, Alex. I'm Pete. Ooh, seems like the bad kid isn't here today. That's good news for us. But it's even <laughs> better news for you because we're going to be talking about Umbrella Academy Season 3, Episode 3, Pocket Full of Lightning. Now, this is already live on Netflix, so check it out. If you haven't already, check it out, check, 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 check it out. This is picking up with Luther being let go from the Sparrow Academy and also Uh, his sexcapades with Sloan, which he gets super into this episode. Take it with that. Just take it. Take it. But the big thing that we find out here is, as we do, and it took the Umbrellas a long time to figure out they're dealing with a grandfather paradox because all their mothers were killed before they were born. Over the course of the episode, the Umbrella and the Sparrow Academy spar quite a bit, leading to a confrontation and the revelation that Lester Pocket is not actually a Hot Pocket at all, but in fact Harlan, the kid from last season, and also leads to the death of at least two, or seeming death of at least two members of the Sparrow Academy. So that's the broad overview. Pete! How are you feeling about this episode? What you thinking? Let's get into it. It was some uh, fun app. Great. This is a great time. I mean, speaking of old-timey voices, uh, like your teacher there, we get the uh, old-timey typewriter to kind of start this episode, and we get a nice little lesson. We get to learn about the uh, the paradox uh, protocols, and uh, I think this was a fun kind of cool way for umbrella academy to uh tackle this artistically it's nice to see a little comic book roots here with some animation and some fun stuff uh yeah i and i also love the line like another sad tale about soup uh just hysterical <laughs> um yeah don't be an elmer i mean this is just uh mm. this is just fun stuff I agree. The show really excels with these fake instructional videos made for the commission we find out By the end here, or at least we see by the end here, that it looks like the commission is in a really bad way. Once Lila and Five get there, everything seems kind of wrecked. But despite the fact that I think, like, they overdid the whole commission thing a little bit by the end of the second season, um, it's good to see it back in some way here. And like you said, this whole instructional video at the beginning was a lot of fun. And if you didn't know what a grandfather paradox is, now you do. Now you know. And knowing is half the battle. Exactly. Pete, if you had the opportunity to travel back in time and kill your own grandpa, would you do that? No, definitely not. I mean, you could slap them around a little bit. I think people <laughs> overlook that a little bit. You know what I mean? You can still do what you need to do. You just don't have to kill anybody. You know You're what right. I mean? Yeah. Slap your own grandpa paradox. You just slap her around a little bit. You know what yeah. I mean? I mean, that um, could change things for the better. You could come right. back and be like, well, I was slapped around. 
<laughs> Are you? <laughs> now, now I realize. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, you know, grandpa, grandpa's might be old, but he can always change, especially if you mm-hmm. threaten his life. But I just think it's a, it's a fun kind of way to start. Uh, also, uh, Luther starting a new relationship, just kind of uh, having the 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 day of days, just kind of skipping through life. It's it's adorable to see a, a man that big having that much fun. Uh, this was overall a great Luther episode. Oh, we talk about yes. how much of a doof he is, but like you're saying, this dance on the way home, him going oh to the God. news vendor and being like, "Hey, can I get those uh, condoms?" Because I have sex now. <laughs> Very funny. His whole then, thing. Oh, were you going to say making the mixtape? Yeah, the mixtape thing was amazing. And then the, oh, that's going in there line was so great. Um, uh, but yeah, just the fact where, you know, another wave happens from the, the hot pocket of death. And uh, the fact that like, oh, the guy's gone. Oh, I'll just grab these, you know, grab a couple more. Fun, just fun Luther stuff. Well, also, I think that extends to there were another couple of moments with Luther that I thought were great. We talked about the whole Victor coming out thing that happened in the last episode. Yeah. I love the Diego. Uh, like, yeah, the, the appendix here. We're like, oh, right. Luther doesn't actually know about this. And Diego calling out Luther and being like, hey, uh, Luther Vi wants Victor. to get, uh, what? Yeah, Vanya's Victor, and then him getting confused, and then later on, Diego telling Victor, hey, uh, Luther wants to throw you a party because, he big dumb party, because he wants to tell you that you're loved. Do you feel yeah. loved? And Victor's yeah. like, oh, yeah. And Luther's like, okay. It yeah. was just such a nice, fun way to handle it. And Classic like talk- Diego, too, just being like, you know, uh, <laughs> I'll handle this. Yeah, just... It was sweet, but it was great, and it was, like, done so brotherly. It was really – and just Luther just kind of being like, number 10, oh, looks good. You know, really frames the phrase. Just hysterical, adorable stuff. Well, and like we talked about the last episode, I love that everybody has their very specific character reactions to Victor's revelation is probably too mm-hmm. strong a word. But they all work, and they all make sense. The Luther one is fun in its own way as well. Uh, the last little fun Luther thing that I wanted to mention is just towards the end. Uh, is it slowed his mouthing run to him? Yeah, and he's yeah. like, bun? Bun? <laughs> so oh, dumb. run! Just such, so dumb. So dumb, but so much fun. Uh, yeah. So yeah, great Luther episode. Very fun there. Uh, we did mention well, Diego, though. What what's up, Pete? I, I would go. Yeah, let's go with Diego. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think there's a lot of stuff to talk about that's going on here with Diego as he's dealing with both Lila and Stanley as well. Um, how are you feeling being about a father? This over- yeah, being a father. How do you feel about this overall storyline? I love how Diego thinks he's killing it. You know what I mean? He's like, man, I am just murdering this father thing. It's so easy. I've got this unlock, and he is horrible, absolutely horrible. Even his son was like, stop trying to get rid of me. Uh, just so funny. And then his line where he was like, $8? He was like, that's <laughs> it's like three days' work for a kid your age or something. Like, oh, my God. It's just such a funny thing because, like, when you're, you know, younger and a kid, eight dollars, you know, that's a lot of candy bars. You know what I mean? Like that's some good living right there. I mean, yeah, you can get a lot of stuff at a Dwayne Reed or whatever. The yeah. especially the, if it's like half off or something. I mean, you could make a killing there. 
The interesting thing to about the storyline to me, specifically giving it to Diego, and obviously it makes like plot sense to give it to Diego, is he's not treating Stanley the way that Reginald Hargreaves treated them, which is probably for the better. He's not specifically overcompensating in another direction. And his storyline has always been very closely tied to mom and the way that mom raised him. So it's a surprising choice that he's not trying to raise Stanley the way that mom took care of him versus whatever he's doing in terms of fatherhood, which is. He's trying to raise a little mini me. Like he Mm -hmm. is like, you know, when I was your age, I was doing this or whatever. And that line where he's like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm on lookout. And the son's like, cool. He's like, yeah, I know. Just this, like, just so unaware uh, they both are. And it's, it's adorable at times, but it's also, I'm like, this poor kid has got no shot. Stanley is completely incapable of doing anything to the point that he brings out a Molotov cocktail and then drops it accidentally. Lit. It's got a lit. He's running down the hallway screaming something crazy. It's also surprising. I imagine you don't watch Euphoria, right, Pete? I don't, no. Okay. So the actor plays a character named Ashtray on Euphoria, which is an essentially silent, murderous, like 10-year-old. Uh, he's heavily tatted up. He's incredibly capable. So seeing seeing him play this entire like I expected he would come in and be a mini Diego based mm-hmm. on the Euphoria character. He's not that at all. Like he he's uh, he's clumsy. He's falling all over the place. So it's very fun. I think he's I love it in a very fun way. When he was like doing uh, kicks and stuff, he yelled Cobra Kai, which I thought mm-hmm. was hilarious. Good shout out to another Netflix show. Mm-hmm. What about the Lila side of things? Lila, oh, well, Lila and Diego still seem to have a connection there, even though she's denying it. Also, I love the the fact of once Five finds out that Lila is in the hotel, that was hysterical, and their whole fight talk thing mm-hmm. was great. And the fact that she was like, she's got shampoo or something in her eyes, she's like, I hate fighting you. Just really funny stuff. I love this relationship. And the fact that they're like, you know, five has this line like worse. We have to team up, you know, like, oh, just fun. Well, jumping over to the five Lila thing, like you're talking about, the fight scene was great. The fact that they just immediately jumped into that almost no discussion because that's their relationship. And that's where they left off. Yeah. And it the show does a good job of continually reminding us that this has all happened over a couple of weeks tops, you know, with some time traveling thing where they were trapped in 1963 for a while. It's still been like, they just hopped back to, I think it's 2019 at this point. So there's been maybe two days since they traveled back in time. They were dealing with another apocalypse before that five references that, Uh, but of the storyline, I think the way Lila and five are relating is really fun. And the fact that they ultimately hit on the way that we can get to the commission is by harnessing our hate for each other. And that's how we're going to team up is just a smart, fun decision as well. And the fact that Lila is like talking shit while they're doing it too. the effects of that, when they were kind of like holding the briefcase and that kind of like, cool blue thing emerged. I was really uh, impressed with that. Sometimes when you see a TV show and the effects are a little kind of like weird looking, you don't buy it, but man, I felt like they, they really killed that. And it was, uh, it was a ton of fun to watch. Uh, Why don't we talk about Allison 
because she's continually going through it this episode. Maybe a little less, but she's certainly got to the point where she's lying to the sparrows about having Marcus. She's sparring with everybody. She seems standoffish. How are you feeling about the direction of her character this season? Well, I do love the uh, the fact that we got Allison and Victor uh, talking and hanging out together. And Diego had a fun moment where he was like, oh, that's never good for us. And then mm-hmm. Luther joins because he doesn't know what else to do. It's hysterical. But I do love Allison and Victor uh, back together again, being friendly, helping each other out. And also Luther, uh, you know, thanks Victor for taking care of Allison. And uh, it's I love the Luther effect on this family. Like he is kind of doofy or out of it, but he's also so sweet and earnest. It is, uh, it's such a, it kind of, th- uh, it cuts through all the kind of craziness and action in such a cool way. Uh, I, I really appreciate what they're doing there, but yeah, it's fun to see them team up. It's also weird to how Allison is just kind of like, we have a plan, but then if she feels like it completely changes everything on a whim, uh, I guess she's trying to be smart about stuff, but it's kind of, she's making some bad choices. Digging some holes. That's the thing is I think she is really pushing on her own negativity and making things worse and worse for her because she is so focused on getting back to the correct timeline as usual for the show. Everybody has information that the other people don't have. So like we know we know all the information, and it's frustrating to watch that nobody has Marcus, nobody has the suitcase. None of this is going to work out at all. And ultimately, if they all talk to each other for five minutes, <laughs> they could work this out. But instead, we end up in the situation where Allison really throws it with the Sparrow Academy that leads to the confrontation at the end of the episode. Um, not to jump ahead to that, but I am surprised that we are disposing of so many of the sparrows so quickly. Yeah. Like that seemed like that would be the major conflict this season. And instead, by the end of the episode, it certainly looks like Jamie and Alphonse are dead. Marcus has disappeared into the hot pocket. Uh, Mom is God. Reginald. I mean, when you have a lava God, you know, people are going to go down and, Mm -hmm. you know, we're slowly kind of seeing it uh, outside of the hotels. So yeah, eventually, you know, Everybody's going to have to. Well, but at this point, we have Ben and Faye, I think her name is, are the only two that are left from the spare. Oh, and Sloan. Sloan's still around as well. Um, Gotta have Sloan still. They've been pretty much decimated. So I'm curious to see what's going to happen with that team going forward, since at least in the first two episodes, first three episodes, they were the major antagonists. So where does it go from there? I I don't know. I I do like the fact that, you know, the twists and turns that they're taking are keeping us on our toes. We see a ton of TV shows. I've read all the comics, so it's nice to be surprised by stuff like this. Mm -hmm. Also, while we're talking about the end, I thought, uh, uh, you know, Harlan there or whatever was Ben for a second because it was tentacle powers. Mm -hmm. And I remember that the old Ben had that kind of like tentacle power. So I was a little confused until she said... And she was like, Harlan, is that you? And I was like, oh, shit. I thought that was a really good revelation. For those who don't remember from the last season, Vanya brought Harlan, this autistic boy who was the son of Sissy, back to life with powers. 
He got a little bit of Vanya's powers from that interaction. It seemed like they had gotten rid of them, except as we, the audience, saw towards the end, he still had some sort of powers. And clearly he is exhibiting, in this present timeline, powers very similar to Victor's. Uh, So it'll be interesting to find out what happened to him in the intervening years, how he harnessed this powers, uh, what's going on with his sandwich suitcase. Well, you've got to feel very seen for this part because you love to get food of different mm-hmm. kinds and then get a hotel room by yourself and just listen to your stomach digest oh it. Just God. sit back and just better, listen to the magic bliss. That is absolute <laughs> bliss. One weekend a year. That's all my wife gives oh, me for man. tummy listening time. <laughs> it's worth it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but come back I, I so like this refreshed. revelation. It made a lot of sense that yeah. this is Harlan. I don't know why he's called Lester Pocket. We'll certainly find out. I assume it is after Hot Pockets. Right? Yeah, I think he's the keeper of the lava pocket. Mm, okay. Well, it'll be interesting to see how that all ties up. And jumping over to the lava hot pocket for a second, what is going on with Bob? Like, yeah, what mom is, is what speaking is, in tongues. Yeah, she what is, is happening like, with this storyline right now? Also, the uh, the the Sparrow family is just so cold. The fact that like mom was like, "Oh yeah, there's a god in the basement," and they don't immediately drop what they're doing to go check is insane to me. The, also, the uh, I, I just wanted to mention that because this is one of my ongoing frustrations with this show is. I understand, like I was lauding just before, there's a certain sense of who has which piece of information and how do they talk to each other or not. But that thing where they specifically get information, they're like, yeah, 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 shut up. I I don't want to know. That drives me up the wall because this is – I understand that Ben's motivation is like, I want to be number one and that's all he's doing at this moment. And Allison has her own motivation. Victor is actually trying to make some overtures here. Um, The fact that like they're just not listening to each other is frustrating and I think not necessarily in a good way. Like not necessarily in a like, ooh, what are these – what are these characters doing? What's going on with them way so much as like, I need to, I need them to listen to each other a little bit more, you know? Well, I hear you. I hear you, but it's also the, uh, you know, kind of hysterical that the answer is like right there. And they're just like, shut up, you know, like, um, uh, I think that a lot of times, you know, in life, people are kind of like, uh, unaware of the right choices and the fact that it's all right there is kind of a fun thing to play with. But I mean, I'm disappointed to hear you say that you're frustrated at the show because we've got Klaus, the magic man in this episode, just being Klaus to the max, his whole snorkel outfit and scenes like just, ah, I could, I could watch a whole Klaus show, just Klaus being Klaus. And the fact that he's operating just kind of in the background and doing such fun, silly things and the stuff with his, you know, quote unquote father. uh, It's nice. You you talk about people not listening to each other. The fact that those two got to kind of sit down and enjoy each other's company was such a touching, powerful moment. That was very fun. I love them watching TJ Hooker, a call back to the previous episode. Yep. Also, I think my favorite line of the episode was Reginald saying, would you like some ice cream? Will that shut you up? <laughs> that made me laugh. And just this whole metaphor about Baskin Robbins and 
Yeah. I'll be like, hey, do you know what a Baskin Robbins is? And Reginald will say no. And he'll be like, well, you know how they're sometimes connected to Dunkin' Donuts? <laughs> so it's very funny just in terms of pushing forward. And I do really like this. I do like we have a lot of questions about what's going on with Reginald and what's mm-hmm. happening with him at the moment. So those still need to come. But it certainly seems at this point, like at some point they started just pilling him up, giving him pills, making him side stuff, and he lost all of his power. So Yeah, and that's the thing. Uh, you know, the perfect person to talk to about pills is Klaus, you know? Mm-hmm. And he knows about pill hiding. So that was a fun moment. Uh, but, yeah, speaking of donuts, um, you know, we find out that Stanley is allergic to donuts, and that's just horrible. That's just a yeah. heartbreaking thing. Do you think that's a tie out. back to the first season in the donut? I lady. do, I do. Mm-hmm. There's a couple shout-outs to donuts, and I appreciate every one of them. Yeah. I don't want to jump by, though. There seems to be a pretty pointed moment in the middle here with the Reginald Klaus storyline where he falls, Reginald falls asleep Oblivion. and mutters Oblivion. We've had some questions about why the hotel is Hotel Obsidian instead of Hotel Oblivion. That seems to be pointing towards that. But what do you think is going on here? What is your theory at this point, Pete? Well, I mean, people fall asleep in different ways. You know, mm. just before I fall asleep, I like to yell Oblivion. It's a relaxing word. You know, it just uh, it kind of really just mm-hmm. falls out of your mouth as you go to sleep. So, I, you know, I'm not going to judge other people's methods, um, but uh, it's a weird thing to, for Klaus to witness. And hopefully I like it when Klaus has the information and gets to save the day. So that's what I'm rooting for. Yeah. Uh, well, there you go. I guess we'll see what happens with that. Any other moments from the episode you wanted to call out in particular? Peter? Yes. Diego uh, meticulously planting Molotov cocktails all over the hotel was mm-hmm. just absolutely magic. Just <laughs> dude, made me so happy. Dude, like his his plan, like he's like, we have to defend this. I'm going to hide these for where I need them was just absolutely hysterical. Um, oh, I... Neglected to mention, I think Christopher the Cube is still yeah. alive at this point as well. So that's another. But he got his ass handed to him. He did yeah. definitely. Yeah. But yeah. we'll see what happens with that. Um, yeah, I'm very curious to see what's going to happen with this whole Sparrow versus Umbrella thing because it seems like even three episodes in, we're kind of pivoting away from that. Also, very interested to follow Reginald and Klaus going forward, and I continue to think the Luther Sloan relationship is very cute. So I hope we keep going with that as well. And also, like, you know, they do a great job of music in this uh, in this show and the whole dancing on the ceiling and mixtape stuff was just so, so much fun. And I really hope we get uh, more stuff like that and uh, get to, you know, hear more of the mixtape because that's some good stuff he's putting in there. Absolutely. Before we wrap up here, though, who gets top marks this episode? Pete, who gets top Ooh, marks? This is tough. This is real tough. Uh, you're probably going to go with Klaus, so I'll go with Ileana. Ileana? Or uh, Lila. Sorry. <laughs> Lila. Wait, what was that? Were you talking about Ileana from uh, X-Men, from New Mutants? <laughs> no, no, I meant Lila. Uh, uh, okay. I loved her fight sequence, and I loved her. Uh, you know, there's some earnesty and honesty with Diego, with this kid that I really hope is really their child and that because the, the two of them together is magical. I hope that continues. I got to swerve on you, Pete. I'm going to say Luther this episode. Like I talked about, I'm sorry. I like but Klaus. Klaus though. I but like Klaus. Klaus. Luther's stuff was funnier. All oh, of his stuff was so funny. This you. episode. 
How I love that you? big dub doof. I loved <laughs> just him like walking along with the Sparrow Academy cup of water, just sipping yeah. on it every once in a while. Just fun, fun details. Really good stuff. Yeah. If you would like to support this podcast, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast and YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about Umbrella Academy. Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show at Podcademy on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. ComicBookClubLive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, we'll see you after class. <laughs> <laughs>